0: That's BlueNile.com.
1: Hello, my name's Stuart Mars, and welcome to the PocketLint Podcast. Dyson, famous for its vacuum cleaners, has launched a new product this week, the Dyson Zone. But rather than something that cleans, it's an over the year headphones and air purifier in one as the company enters the wearable technology space for the first time. PocketLint's Deputy Editor, Britta O'Boyle, joins us to tell us more about the intriguing announcement. Meanwhile, with the price of home electricity costs continuing to rise, is it time to go solar? I recently caught up with Decibel, a US company heading to Europe that's bringing its latest energy station with it. Is it time to make the switch? And keeping with the home technology side of things, Pocket Adrian Willings joins us to tell us more about how he's been getting on with the new Roborock S7 Max-V Ultra Robotic Vacuum Cleaner. (sighs) It's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it? That not only cleans but it vacuums and it mops and then it empties itself afterwards. Sounds amazing, but is it? Stay tuned to find out whether it's really time to put your feet up. But first, back to you, Britt. Let's start, because this is quite an interesting product. Let's start by describing what the Dyson Zone actually is.
2: Okay, so yes, it's a very interesting product. Um, it is over-ear headphones, um, but it's got a magnetically attachable visor. That goes in front of your mouth um that's the that's the best way to describe right. it right
1: <laughs> so we're kind of talking a pair of over ear headphones yeah with a face mask built in
2: sort of yes but it doesn't have- but
1: the face mask is actually an air purifier yes
2: so the
1: Did, is this like Sonic from borg <laughs> or Battlestar galactica or something like i mean it,
2: it does look very sci-fi i'm not gonna lie um it's Uh, how silly you'll feel walking down the street. I'm not entirely sure because um, I know we've got used to face masks and everything these days, but it certainly is different and it looks very different and you will get noticed in it. Um, Right. The over ear cups on each side of your head, they pull in the air from the outside. So the idea is to purify sort of air around you. so, So polluted air, I suppose. Um, and it sucks in the air through the air cups or the ear cups, sorry um and then through the carbon filter that's got potassium in it to clean the air, and then it right. shoots it back out through the visor and the mesh. There's two channels that shoot it back out um to your nose and your mouth
1: now before you start to think that this is absolutely bonkers <laughs> and they've gone down some crazy route, the way you were describing it, that sounds I'm having covered Dyson for a number of years. That sounds pretty much identical to how their filtration system works for their vacuum cleaners.
2: Yes, I believe there is some well, they've obviously taken what they know about kind of
1: taken in through the filter and then spits it out the other end.
2: Yeah. So the the Dyson zone has two motors in it and they're the smallest motors Dyson has done so far. But this took like six years to to make and there's been over five hundred prototypes for it. So it's definitely something that's been in their plans for a long time, but it's taken a very long time to, in order to get it into something that is wearable. I suppose. Um,
1: right. Now you've been in a very special situation <laughs> where you've actually tried one of these. Is that right?
2: Yes. Yeah. We did get
1: Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and did you feel like Darth Vader? So, yes. <laughs> I am your father. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. I felt ridiculous wearing it, um, but. Uh, the audio quality from my experience was very very good exceptional and the air purifying element of it was actually very was very refreshing if I'm honest um naturally this was inside so how it would work outside when you're actually in air that is perhaps slightly more polluted remains to be seen but certainly inside it was very interesting and works presumably
1: now, okay, so let's get across let's get aside from the fact that you might look like Darth Vader <laughs> or uh something random and i have gotta have what seems to be insurmountable courage to wear one of these <laughs> in the street, on the tube, on the train or whatever. Who is go who is this for? Who's gonna be wearing this?
2: Well this is the thing, isn't it? Because in in London and the UK and, and perhaps even parts of Europe it may not be quite so prevalent in order in to wear one of these things but in other areas of the world where the air pollution is slightly more bad bad, yes (laughs) (laughs) serious (laughs) um then I suspect that it may be something that people will consider as a as as a sort of solution
1: right and I suppose I mean ultimately we have got used to wearing masks and although we're now coming into a you know a society that's not wearing masks if we don't want to um there's still probably a lot of you know the UK is very it's very fortunate that they kind of uh, slightly head of the curve perhaps or just maybe head in the sand of understanding where the sort of COVID is so okay so when is this when is this coming out so
2: it's coming out in August um in some areas of the world but they have said that geographically the availability will change so they've not have not said exactly when it will launch in various countries they also haven't told us the price yet
1: (laughs) right and knowing dyson that means it'll probably be punchy
2: yes um i mean the headphone side of it there it's got like active noise cancellation um and they're they're really cool they're very premium looking as you'd expect from their products um the controls are quite cool they've got um is a joystick control which is handy. Um, so there are, and the visor you can dip down, and then it automatically puts the headphones into conversation mode um, and pauses the audio and stuff. So there's some right. really cool features on it. Um, I think it was, it's more just a case of who is going to be brave enough to wear these, and it's certainly going to be early adopters to begin with. I think.
1: Still to come, Adrian gives us his verdict on the Roborock S7 Max V Ultra robotic vacuum cleaner but it'll also go back there and wash its
3: own mop and empty the water system that's inside it and put fresh water in there and clean out the mop and make sure it's ready for the next pass. And it'll sometimes go back to the dock to clean that mid-clean, so it'll go out and make sure it's got a clean mop. So it reduces a lot
1: of the sort of hands-on work that you have to do Have you seen your latest electricity bill yet? If not, I suspect it might give you a bit of a shock as prices continue to rise around the world without the promise of a respite anytime soon. Decibel makes an all-in-one home energy station for consumers that look to capture the energy from connected solar panels before monitoring whether they should use, store or sell the power they produce. Interesting to find out more, I recently caught up with the company's European CEO, Laurent Schmidt, to find out more just how easy the system is to get up and running and whether it generally is the future for all of us. I started by asking him to explain what the system actually does.
0: So it's actually a piece of kit which we install in a home and which is able to integrate together uh, all the uh, electrical vehicle charging, uh, the uh, photovoltaics, as well as potential, potentially um, standalone battery in order to be able to uh, better control uh, once energy into the home and uh, interact uh, with the energy system uh, being able to supply uh, I would say balance of energy back to the to the grid when we are in uh, in a, when the grid is in peak condition so basically a, a tool to be able to uh, energy manage in the uh, home environment
1: so, at the point that you get involved, someone has already gone off and got solar energy, solar panels on their roof, and you're kind of the conduit between capturing that energy and then delivering it to the home, or just to EV vehicles in particular.
0: So, it's it's actually integrating all EV, um, PV, and the uh, and the grid together, and uh, it's not uh, it's the purpose is not to have the home being uh, on on an islanded uh, situation. It can. If there is an outage but the objective of the um, home energy station is more to optimize uh, the home energy to make sure it maximize the uh, usage of uh, photovoltaics uh, to charge the car and it uh, minimize the cost uh, of the electricity which is consumed by the uh, by the home
1: now there's a lot of talk in the industry about the kind of the future is is sort of home batteries you know, in your garage or whatever, storing energy from a number of places. How far down the journey do you think we are in in that process?
0: I think it's the uh, beginning of a new journey. And uh, uh, basically, the more uh, we are exposed to high prices because of the energy crisis and the most economical it is to uh, self-consume one's own uh, uh, sort of uh, PV. And so very naturally, uh, the idea comes to, uh, to add a storage unit. So as far as we see, now eighty percent of the PV uh, photovoltaics in the home are equipped with uh, with storage. so what is new with our uh, kit is that you can have a uh, dedicated uh, storage battery but if you have an electrical vehicle which is uh, capable of uh, uh, exchanging energy uh, bidirectionally uh, between the home and the uh, and the car you can actually use uh, your car to uh, to store and unstore uh, the energy which. Uh, which you self-produce. So basically you don't necessarily need to add a a storage, uh, standalone battery and you can use your car if it is enabled with uh, vehicle to vehicle to home or vehicle to grid.
1: And, and how do you, I mean, obviously I know that your answer would be, you want it in every home possible (laughs) um, because you know, you're in business to do that, but how, how possible is that? What, what, where do you see this sitting in, in the marketplace?
0: So we, we see, um, I would say, um, a, a, a collective uh, initiatives and more awareness of consumers and citizens to try to play a role in decarbonizing uh, our energy system. And uh, so the, the natural first step is to actually uh, buy an electrical vehicle because it's uh, it's a significant uh, impact on the, uh, on, uh, on, on the transportation carbon footprint, which each of us have. And very naturally then comes the question on how do I best charge my electrical vehicle both from an, from an economical point of view, but as well as uh, trying to absorb as much renewable, uh, which I can produce in my home. And so what we see is uh, basically the uh, electrical vehicle uh, uh, integration into the system is an accelerator to, uh, to the installation of uh, solar photovoltaics into home. And the, the crisis in, uh, 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 in the current uh, energy space, is another, uh, uh, I would say, new uh, driver for accelerating these uh, installations. So we basically come uh, into play when when uh, consumer buys a new car and and wants to integrate this uh, together with uh, uh, local photovoltaics.
1: And is this fairly something? Is this something that's fairly easy to for a homeowner to to think about installing? I mean, not talking about them doing it themselves, but just in a sense of. You know there seems to be a lot of steps you need to solar and, and things like that you, is this do you see this is getting easier to install
0: so it's the um we see basically generally speaking that uh solar solar pv is um, basically getting more and more easy to uh, to install having said that uh, people have to uh, climb on their roof or uh, installing them to their wall and so on so mm. generally they, they ask a specialist and uh, we have uh, we have developed uh, partnerships with uh, smart home uh, installers to be able to, uh, uh, to uh, deliver our, um, our equipment. And uh, having said that, we can also use uh, our equipment solely as, um, as a bidirectional charging uh, for your car, in which case it's much more easy to, uh, to install, and, and a simple electrician is, is able to do that, uh, that kind of installation. So it, it really depends on what type of functionality you enable with the, uh, with the device.
1: And so let's talk about that biodirectional thing because that's quite it's quite an interesting point isn't it you can so not only can you capture energy but you can deliver energy to it from your car if you if you need that to run your house is is that correct
0: is, that's exactly true so basically what the normal way of uh, using your uh, car battery is to, of course to charge it uh, from a charging point so very often from your home because this is the place where it's the cheapest to charge and while you drive you uh, uncharge uh, through the uh, uh, for the mileage which you do, and here what we are doing is because the size of these batteries is getting larger and larger. We actually are uh, using the same battery to uncharge uh, during, for instance, peak uh, periods when electricity uh, costs are high, or uh, basically if you have too much of your solar PV to be able to uh, reuse the uh, solar PV into uh, more into the evening when you uh, when you are you are consuming consuming more into your home. So. It is really using the uh, the battery in a bi-directional way, exactly the same way as a standalone battery uh, would be used. And so potentially you save uh, you save the uh, the cost of the standalone battery.
1: So in theory, you'd, you'd, you'd use the battery, you'd use the energy to charge your car when it's cheap. And then you'd use that energy that you stored in your car to then push back into the system when it's more expensive.
0: That's absolutely true. So the uh, typical use case is you arrive at home, uh, let's say in the evening when the electricity is high. Uh, you plug you uh, immediately uncharge uh, during the uh, during this period. Then you um, uh, you ch- you recharge during the night when the electricity price is low, or uh, during the solar peak uh, during the lunchtime if your car is uh, is parked uh, at this time because of course the Solar PV, which you get in your home, uh, is uh, is virtually free uh, as soon as you have uh, a solar PV onto your roof.
1: And what do you see the biggest challenges that you face as, as a business going forward?
0: So the um, I think the that's the challenge which we see is to um, progressively uh, get the uh, consumers uh, used to this kind of new way of uh, interacting with the electricity. And uh, historically, we've been used uh, to the fact that we can consume whatever electricity uh, we want. And uh, whatever this uh, consumption we need, the price is fixed. And uh, I think what uh, what's happening now, and we see it in the crisis, is we see more and more volatility into these electricity prices, depending on periods when you are wind, no wind, and so on. And so the, mm. the complexity is to get uh, consumers used to the fact that they have interest, actually, to... Um, uh, play with this volatility in a way and 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 be smart in the way to charge and charge so it's about uh, changing consumers habits so here because we we use a battery of course it's uh, rather transparent to the user but still uh, they are a new approach which mm-hmm. have to be taken such as accepting to have more dynamic tariff on your electricity which can be seen on one side as a risk but also mm-hmm. as an opportunity if you have a storage unit because then you can of course, over during these periods where the price is uh, particularly low.
1: And where do you see this technology going in the future?
0: Uh, so we currently the um, the amount of electrical vehicle who can afford uh, or uh, this kind of bidirectional functionality is, is still limited. Is is mostly the Japanese vehicle, uh, but what we see is the majority of uh, EV uh, uh, manufacturers have now. Committed to um, build it as the, uh, I would say, a mainstream option into every new EV electrical vehicle being uh, delivered in the next two three years. So what we see is that there will be an acceleration simply because it will uh, come built in into the car, and so it's going to um, uh, accelerate these movements, which are for the moment pretty much limited to uh, uh, Nissan uh, uh, Nissan brands. So we, we see uh, and we expect an acceleration of this technology adoption with, uh, with new EV coming onto the market.
1: Um, and so, does it, does it take into account other forms of and new, renewable energy,
0: or is it just solar? So it's basically integrating the, uh, the solar PV which you have uh, into your home environment together with your uh, uh, electrical vehicle charging. So that this is the starting point, and then through the uh, optimization uh, which, which is uh, running, it's also uh, trying to capture the uh, electricity from the grid when the price is the lowest and so these periods are typically uh, periods when you also have higher wind condition into the grid so i would say indirectly you uh, you capture uh, the electricity when you have high wind higher wind conditions so Uh, better uh, uh, renewable uh, content as well. So uh, effectively, it it captures renewable both from your local PV, but also from the grid and so wind uh, indirectly. Roborock's
1: robot vacuum cleaner seem to get smarter and more convenient with each iteration. In the S7 Max V Ultra, which can both mop and vacuum without you needing to lift a finger, the company has made its most advanced and intelligent robot vacuum cleaner to date. But does it deliver on that promise? And are the days of never having to do any of the housework ever again finally here? Well, the good news is, is apocalypse Adrian Willings has been sitting back and watching the robots clean his house and is here to tell us more. So, Adrian do they work?
3: Well sadly it doesn't go up the stairs just yet but it does do some very good very good cleaning of the home and it's got uh, I've watched the Roborocks get better with each iteration and this one's particularly impressive and they're packing a number of different cameras and sensors into it so it's really good at making its way around your home and there's a lot of hidden depth to it and one of the one of the most interesting things about it I found was there's now a live view camera built into it which helps the robot work out where it's going and map out the home including a 3d map of your home within the app but also means that you can remotely use your robot vacuum cleaner as like a live camera to move around the house so you can actually use it sort of move around and Move see, what, see what's happening,
1: see where the kids are and all the other stuff.
3: Yeah, and it has a live call functionality so you can also talk to people on the other end and have a <laughs> video call basically, as long as you don't mind looking at their feet. But <laughs> that, that, that isn't the best bit about it. The best bit is quite possibly the dock system because um, a number of the premium robot vacuum cleaners out there have this self-emptying logic. But this one goes a bit further because not only does it have a dock with a bin on it, which automatically empties the smaller bin inside the robot every time it cleans. But it'll also go back there and wash its own mop and empty the water system that's inside it and put fresh water in there and clean out the mop and make sure it's ready for the next pass. And it'll sometimes go back to the dock to clean that mid-clean. So it'll go out and make sure it's got a clean mop. So it reduces a lot of the sort of hands-on work that you have to do as a robot vacuum cleaner owner anyway. Usually, previously, you'd have to empty a robot vacuum. I tend to set, schedule them to go out every day, so I'd right. usually find I had to empty it every two days.
1: Yeah, otherwise, you days. Kind of, I have that with mine. It kind of says, Oh, I need emptying. Come and get me. Yeah, and Help. now
3: this this one basically only needs emptying every few months because it has a much bigger bin. And so even when it's going out once a day, five days a week then it still doesn't need emptying that
1: often, which makes it a lot easier. So let's back up just ever so slightly. So this is Roborock's top-of-the-range robot vacuum cleaner. Yes. It vacuums. It mops. Does it know to mop your carpet and vacuum your your hard floors? (laughs) It It has. Or does it get confused? It
3: has a special sensing system called Vibrarize, which has two parts to it, essentially. The mop system not only vibrates on hard floors, but also is able to detect when it's going to carpet and automatically lift the mop up out of the way so your carpets don't get wet. And does a really good job there as well. I haven't had any problems
1: with the okay. carpets being so, moist. So, that's, so it gets the right, it, do, it doesn't do one or the other and gets it around the wrong way. On the mopping, let's talk about the mopping quickly. Does it does it actually mop or does it just leave a smeary mess across your floor? It's actually one of the
3: better systems I've seen. So, you know, traditionally it's just rubbing a wet microfiber yeah. cloth across <laughs> the floor, and you know, it's still not as neither of the neither the vacuum cleaning or the mopping is as good as a proper full system doing it yourself. But if you're sending it out daily, it certainly does a good enough job that it keeps the floor clean
1: and free of dust and mops well. So, so it's my a good yes. So it's a it good is. mopper, and the vacuum is a good vacuumer. Yes absolutely. Is yeah. that even a word vacuumer I presume it would be it is now so let's carry on with that. Okay so it does a mop it does the vacuum it does the emptying so so far the only thing I can gather from that that you don't like is it doesn't go upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> That's That's pretty.
3: doesn't stop the kids from leaving their stuff all over the house and, and how running. does
1: that and how does it has it has that improved because that's been one of the things with robot vacuum cleaners for a long time is that and they're getting better and better each iteration aren't they but how if if you've got messy kids and you've got like you know a number of times in the, certainly in the early days of robot vacuum cleaners you come down and you try to eat a sock or it got stuck in a rug or it's just managed to pin itself into a corner around a chair and it can't get out how, how is all that edge detection and, and and object detection obstacle detection actually seems to have been improved quite a lot
3: and just that's part of the intelligence of all the different sensors and the cameras in that it'll work out where the problems are and it will even put them on the map so you can go into the software into the app and look and see what sort of obstacles it's picked up and it'll let you know if it sees cables or if there's shoes and it'll mark them on the map and avoid them. And it's actually done a much better job than historically avoiding those things and certainly doesn't seem to get stuck as often. I do find, however, if there's, for example, a little bit of Lego on the floor, then that Mm. still presents a problem because that will get stuck in the brush and it can be an issue, but certainly haven't seen any problems with socks getting stuck in there. So it is better at picking things up. But there is a certain level of how big the object needs to be for the robot to detect it. I can't remember the exact stats, but they're in the full review and it just basically it is much better at avoiding those things. And I haven't seen any issues where it gets stuck because it doesn't know where it is, so it certainly knows how to get around. And it does clean right up to the edges, so it does a really good job there. So
1: And, and finally, I suppose, in terms of maintenance, it... it the idea of docking and this docking you know these buckets with dirt and water and all the other stuff how 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 easy is it to maintain or, or you know the maintenance of it if you do get something stuck it's much more hands off now than it than ever has been with other robot vacuum cleaners in
3: the past from what i've seen the the you now have a dust bag which needs to be replaced every few months um but obviously we're, you know, cleaning out the robot vacuum itself is a lot easier because it's done automatically. And the maintenance overall is generally a lot lower. And as for emptying the water and freshening that up, that only seems to be once a week or so anyway. Obviously, that's going to vary depending on how mm. much you're using it. But it's really, really so much easier, so much less hassle than it was previously, which is obviously wonderful and a brilliant part of having a robot vacuum cleaner is not having to do any of the cleaning anyway.
1: Now, you've tested quite a few of these over the years. You've kind of just fallen into becoming almost the de facto robot vacuum cleaner tester on Pocket Lint. Uh, If and when this gets asked to go back, uh, are you going to be sad? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's it for this week's show. Until next time, thanks for listening. pip pip.